0: Yes, the rules have changed. Good day, wherever you're listening from, and welcome to Indoor Air Quality Radio, IAQ Radio, on Friday, February 13th, 2009. My name is Cliff Zlotnick, or the Z-Man. Radio Joe Hughes will be participating remotely from Studio C out in Indian Lake, PA, and our wingman, Chris Boizel, is at the control's. Guest hosting today in Joe's seat in the studio is Environmental Annie, Ann Kowalecki. Hey. Hey. Okay, today's segments include the microband trivia question, an interview with our guests, Butch and Jacqueline Carpenter, halftime notes. We'll resume our interview and then get into the roundup. Radio Joe and I, along with the wingman's help, have been working on the IAQ radio.com site, adding a website, or I'm sorry, adding tips to the website and blog every week after the show. We've also changed the invitation news announcement from IQ radio and IEQ training. First, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years. Learn about them at legends-enviro.com. Microband
1: Systems, the microbial management company at microbandsystems.com.
0: Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IAQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising informational available at IEconnections.com.
1: DryEase Products, providing equipment for drying water damaged homes and buildings. DryEase is first in drying solutions at D-R-I hyphen E-A-Z
0: John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop at J-O-N-D-O-N Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IAQ Radio when you inquire about their products and services. To contact the show by phone, simply call 724-444-7444 and enter our show ID number, which is 1547 Press 1 and then join the show. You can also download the show by going to our website, www.iaqradio.com, and then following the link that says go to the show. Or you can get the show from iTunes. Don't forget that you can also get your IICRC Continuing Education credits or IAQ Council Renewal credits by emailing Radio Joe and requesting a quiz after the show. Radio Joe's email is joe.use at iaqtraining.com. To make suggestions, special requests, or ask technical questions, you can either email Radio Joe or the Z-Man. My email is Zlotnick at unsmoke.com. Last but not least, please visit the IAQ Training Institute website for the most current dates for the training you trust at iaqtraining.com. Okay, how about some trivia? Remember, listeners, you can win a cool prize by correctly answering a microband trivia question. Several trivia questions remain answered. Submit your answer by going to www.iqradio.com. Click the trivia link at the top of the page to submit your answer. The microband trivia question for Friday, February thirteenth, two 2009. Two of the largest family-owned businesses in the United States are based in San Francisco, California. One is an engineering firm, and the other a clothing retailer, name them. All right, let's talk a little bit about our guests. Ideal Restoration started as a carpet cleaning company, which quickly developed into a water damage restoration firm. Butch Carpenter, the founder and owner, worked hard over the years to build the kind of company that would set the standard in the industry for water damage restoration. Today, Ideal Restoration is a specialty restorative drawing and environmental contractor providing a full range of emergency and remediation services. The firm's reputation is built on sound restoration practices, hands-on expertise, site-specific innovation, and the use of proven cost-effective techniques. Ideal Restoration provides services for residential, commercial, and industrial properties. Butch's number one priority remains the same today, which is to take care of his clients and deliver impeccable service in their time of need. He developed a loyal following of clients who knew the importance of prompt service, efficient work, having the right equipment, and employing trained personnel. Today, Butch is proud to have his daughter, Jacqueline Carpenter, continue his tradition of providing professional and valued services he's always had believed in delivering. With the ever-growing population of the Bay Area, Ideal Restoration continues to grow and keep up with the emergency service needs and to be there in their customers' time of need. Most impressively, the firm has completed over 100,000 successful sewage remediation projects. Well, how about some intro music for the Ideal Man? Okay, what about, we don't want to leave Jacqueline out. Do we have some music for the ideal woman?
1: Excuse me, sir. How would you
2: describe the ideal woman? What would she be?
1: Lovely.
3: Sexy. She's contagious.
2: Talented. Creative.
3: Controllable. Very fashionable. Good
4: religious (laughs) woman.
0: all righty well uh in what year did you start the business butch
3: uh i started the business in 1973 as a carpet cleaner uh one man show a truck and uh one machine and uh i did that for five years and uh met my wife from there and she helped me on the phones and uh, we was doing uh, carpet cleaning upholstery and area rug cleaning mm-hmm. then uh about 10 years, uh, my customers kept, within that 10 years, uh, my customers kept calling me for water damage, and uh, that's how I got started in a water damage business.
0: Did you have anything but, special in mind when you decided to name the business Ideal?
3: Well, the name hit me. Uh, some friends of mine uh, said, that's Ideal, that, You know, the Ideal way, do it the Ideal, uh, it just kind of with me uh, ideal you know basically because that's the ideal way and it can it just continue from there
2: what type of business was it at the outset a sole proprietorship partnership a corporation
3: uh just uh me myself uh only and I started off uh, not as a corporation or a partnership or anything until about uh, i guess maybe Five years, six years into the business, and then I incorporated. Uh, then it was feasible, uh, you know, per uh, CPA to do it based on liability, for, you know, uh, problems or possibilities.
2: Jackie, what services does the business provide now?
5: Now uh, we do a little bit more. Our main focus is always water damage, but we also do mold. A lot of larger sewage losses, biohazard jobs, and uh, also some fire and smoke jobs as well.
0: Hey, Butch, uh, why don't you tell our listeners about your all-expense-paid nine-month trip to
3: Hawaii? Uh, I think it was uh, 1991. A jester called me, asked me, could I go to Hawaii to uh, dry this floor in this hotel? And I said, Sure and so i got the equipment together and uh we flew it over got there on a wednesday night thursday morning i set up and i had till sunday to dry the floor and i couldn't care the, there's a airspace soundproofing between the floor between, you know the first floor and the second floor actually and uh, i had to get the water out and dry it so I'd, i had to drill holes into the grout which is probably hundreds of them and blow air dry air through the floor and out to evaporate the water and dry the floor and after uh i think it was three or four days i was successful and they brought me back uh two weeks later with more equipment and to do 126 rooms and i was there for nine months drying five at a time to keep the hotel running
0: what was that pretty common but it was a very good job what was the problem that you had? Like, why did you have to dry the floor? Was it damp when people are walking on it, or carpet wouldn't stick to it, or tile wouldn't stick to it?
3: It was all terracotta tile, and uh, they did have an no over-replacement of the floor, so I couldn't tear the floor up, or they couldn't, to uh, get rid of the water. So it had to be, had to drill holes, quarter-inch holes in, in the grout line to blow air down through the floor and back out again to evaporate the water. And so they could save the floor, and their concern was the rebar and uh, cement. In case uh, it got you know rusty or contaminated, uh, otherwise it'd be millions and millions of dollars of uh, work to replace it. How did the
0: so water? I'm, s- I'm sorry. How did the water get into the get into this cavity? Was this new construction? Was there a hurricane or a flood or a fire?
3: Well, the whole thing started from a hurricane, but what really caused it was a leak on the the decks, the lanais, was seeping into the rooms, and from there the water was going down to the next room, leaking through the ceiling, and plus the floor on the on the on the main floor was uh, mildewing and you know staining and etc. Mm-hmm. So it became a big problem for the hotel to maintain the floors, and plus it was creating some odors. So uh, it was covered by insurance, and uh, it was about a to replace the floors. It'd be about two million dollars, and I did about twenty-five percent of that to dry it. So uh, the hotel wasn't happy with me, but the insurance company was.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, a lot of times people want full replacement, and they're not real happy when uh, a restoration company is able to, uh, you know, to save things. Uh, you know, you've been in the the business a, a long time, and. Uh, your notice, I'm sorry. Okay. You've been in the business a long time and, uh, you know, I suspect that a couple of humorous things have kind of happened, uh, to you along the way. And I was just wondering if you could relate uh, a couple of those to our listeners.
3: Uh, well, I was driving a building one time and, uh, I had, uh, well, it was a big argument up front. How quick could I dry it? I said I could dry it in three days. And uh, so I kind of camped on the job to make sure I you know, I got everything dry. At the morning of the inspection, I had about five people to go with me, and uh, I had one wet spot in the lobby. It was about maybe three-foot square. So when we went through the building, I made sure that nobody got to that spot. When I got there, I stood on it so they couldn't check it.
6: <laughs> and,
3: I thought that was kind of funny, and uh, but that you know that that's one that stands out the most. But uh, there's always problems on the jobs, and sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to get the job done and take care of the customer. But
0: uh, actually, the uh, incident I was thinking about was a little more embarrassing than that one.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, in my carpet cleaning days, I was in the, this lady's house, and uh, I had to, uh, I guess put it bluntly, had to pass some gas, so I took the hose off the wand and uh, put it on my rear, I guess you might say, and the woman was looking right
0: at me when I did it. <laughs> so you kind of extracted it. I got gotcha. you. Well, that's good. I think we're going to go to uh, Radio Joe. I think he's got a question for you. Thanks, Cliff. Both
6: uh, Butch and Jackie, thanks, first of all, for joining us. We appreciate having you on. Um, 100,000 water damages, that's pretty impressive. Uh, sewage.
0: Or sewage,
6: just sewage. Just oh. sewage. That's quite a bit of work. I've got a question for Jackie. Um, Jackie, I have two sons myself, and um, they, they were a little involved in my business from time to time. Have you always been involved with father's business? Did you start out in that, or did you kind of go off into something else and then come back?
5: I started out filling in some time here and there at the office, whether it was cleaning out closets or helping answer the phones or invoicing whatnot. It's... It, led to, it, it was just the basic stuff and I was never interested in really sticking around too long. It was just to pay the bills and my car and get me some gas and get to school. Uh, so, so, no, I wasn't really that interested in the beginning and I had left the, the, the business and I started to work for other companies before it really dawned on me what, uh, what an opportunity was waiting for me.
6: So you came back because of the, the opportunity?
5: I came back because of the opportunity. It it got to a point where, um, well, I was raised with a very good work ethic with two parents that are business owners. And uh, when you're working for somebody and you're working your butt off, and uh, you realize, hey, I could be working for myself, I could be working for my family, I could be putting a lot of this energy to good use. And that's what started to ring bells in my head when you start working for other people and you're working so hard to get a raise and you're spending all this juice on someone else.
6: I see. That's
5: what did it.
6: I mean, there's a lot of us out here who have these businesses or work for them or, you know, and we'd love to see our children take more interest in maybe uh, taking over for us when we're done. Do you have any suggestions? I mean, I I don't want to push hard, you know, but on the other hand, it's I don't know which way to turn, what do you do?
5: Um, I think the best thing that Butch did with me was he never even asked me if I wanted to be involved, nor my sister, Um, it it was there, it was always an opportunity for us, we knew we could always work for him, we knew it was always there, Uh, but he never ever pushed it. the fact that he did push it when I finally made the decision it was a hundred percent my decision which is why I think it's worked out so well that's why I'm so dedicated because it is for me and also for the family but it was a huge decision that I had to come to the realization to make um, I've, I've talked to a lot of other um, sons of owners and uh, they've got a lot of pressure on them to get involved And what I've seen happen is is it almost pushes them in the opposite direction.
0: That's great. Great advice. Thank you, Cliff.
5: Yeah. And it's it's, it's either going to click or it's not.
0: I think actually Annie has a question.
2: I do. And, uh, Butch, what were you thinking when you adopted the unique no-conflict business policy?
3: Well, I am doing full service at the time, uh, you know, from sheetrock, painting, carpet, hardwood floors, everything. Uh, it got very difficult for me to uh, uh, to I guess to my standards or have control of the service you know through the subs and other people and I just believed at the time that you know to specialize was was the thing to do and I felt very comfortable with the water damage and I had you know the equipment to back it at the time so I decided to go water damage direction only and uh, refer uh, contractors and, you know, people for repair and, you know, to re, uh, do the billing or the house or, you know, whatever it was to put it back together for him if the customer didn't have somebody. So it worked out well to go in and do the emergency service, and I wasn't tempted to tear out a lot of materials uh, or away carpet because I, I could save and dry it. And uh, so it worked out well uh, all these years. Uh, kind of, we kind of call it our no conflict interest. But uh, what I, my main thought was to specialize in uh, that area.
0: Well, if I understand it correctly, um, the policy is that you will not profit from replacement services. You're an emergency services provider and you wanted to avoid that conflict of interest of f- charging first for an attempt uh, then being unsuccessful then turning around and charging for the replacement is that correct
3: that's correct okay. uh, yes uh yeah i just uh, if i couldn't dry it uh, and that's the hard uh, decisions to make on the job at the time is you know for the insurance company and the customer and you know all people involved is do you put the time into drying something it is worth it, and is the customer going to be happy with it? So, you know, to make those decisions up front with the customer and the insurance company say if they're involved, uh, it worked out well for us, but uh, it's sometimes a hard decision to, uh, to make when you're trying to pick and choose what you can uh, dry or not dry. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a lot of expertise and uh, the, the know how to use the equipment, but it's worked out well.
0: Well, let's shift gears a little bit because, you know, I think the the primary topic is business succession and and thinking about it. And, uh, you know, what made you decide to exit the business, Butch? Uh,
3: I went through, uh, when Jackie got involved, I went through two buyouts that turned out pretty sour, spent a lot of money, lawyers and et cetera. and, And I had a manager was supposed to take over their business, and that didn't work out. He went in and breached a contract. So at the end of three, four years here, I was kind of burnt and um, didn't have the drive I used to have. That's the reason I was trying to sell it, to take the pressure off of me so I could move on. And Jackie stepped up and said, I'll help you and run it. So that... uh, what started Jackie in her, you know, process now, but, uh, I would just basically burn out and, uh, uh 24 hours a day for 30 some odd years, you know, kind of took its toll, but, uh, the business has been good to me. And I think it'd be good to Jackie. And I believe still, you take care of the customer the customer take care of you, but you gotta be there for their time of need and, uh, to give them service.
0: You know, the the one thing that I guess is good for Jackie, uh, good for you, Butch, and and good for your family is that you didn't think about this, uh, you know, when you were faced with some sort of life-changing terminal health condition. You know, a lot of times someone gets really, really ill, they get that scary diagnosis, and all of a sudden uh, you know, they need to make this decision. I think that, you know, it, it was good for your family and you're fortunate that you had the ability to think about it and, 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 and get it right.
3: Well, yeah, well I, I was thinking about the accident about when I was that close to maybe 48, 50, somewhere in there. And I said, well, how do I get out? And that's when I really started pushing our investments and saving money and et cetera. And looking for, you know, I call it the back door,
0: mm-hmm.
3: but it took uh, four or five years longer than I planned on for making an exit. Mm-hmm. But it gets, it gets very complex with the taxes and, uh, you know, putting the deal together, and it, it gets very involved and in it's very long process. But uh, with Jackie, it should be fairly easy to uh, start that process.
0: In the process with Jackie, is uh, you know, is she going to be hundred percent owner overnight, or is this going to take some time?
3: Well, through the tax laws and everything else, you got we got to do it over time. Basically, uh, you know, I don't want to hurt her, you know, financially anything else because there's no reason to. But the the government says, the RAS says that you know, the business is worth X amount of dollars, you could be taxed on that regardless of what you sell it to her for. So we'll probably do it over a five year period. And uh, make it easy on everybody, and uh, and then she would have full ownership, uh, probably in that period of time. But it, it's a process to transfer it over. She has to build more credit, and uh, and she's paying her dues, and she's doing very
2: well. I'm very proud of her. Jackie. Jackie, how? Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead,
0: Joe.
6: I'm just curious. Um, you know, a lot of people have a difficult time valuing a business, and I. I'm sure you've gone through this, Butch, and maybe, Jackie, if you want to comment. How did you end up working out a value on the business?
3: Well, I mean, there was, first of all, there's probably ten ways you can value a business, uh, to what I've heard from the CPAs and lawyers. And I think what we did was took the value, the gross sales uh, per year and, and five times that and you add your salary in and the, and the profits, and uh, you come up with a value that way. And, but there's, like I said, there's at least 10 ways of doing it depending on the type of business. And uh, so anyway, that kind of what we did is uh, took the, the uh, gross sales, uh, I mean the net, net gross sales for five years and put a value on the business that way. Yeah. So that's the most common in this business.
0: You know, I, I think it really depends on the size of the transaction, but one of the rules that kind of holds for all of these is something called – there's an acronym called EBITDA, and that refers to the company's earnings before the deduction of interest taxes and amortization uh, expenses. That, that's how you really get to the bottom line. And you know, one of the things that you have in these businesses that doesn't normally show is really something called addbacks. And these are things, these are perks and so on and so forth that are in that business. You know, I went through a similar situation, uh, you know, when our company merged. And, you know, prior to the merger, I mean, both my kids had company cars. And now I I don't even have a company car. So, you know, what happens is you have the ability to have these different perks and, and so on and so forth. So you might not have the greatest salary or you might have a really low salary, but the perks end up being pretty good so you have to kind of take a look at all those things uh you know when you value the business
3: exactly yeah it's another you know you made it more clear but yeah they took your salary your perks your cars and had that back in and that's all basically profit that the new owner could, could uh take over mm-hmm. or attain exactly
0: you know jackie grow so up, okay God, i'm sorry if,
3: if, yeah go ahead
0: no go ahead finish butch i'm sorry
3: just a lot to it. For That's where uh, you got to get a good uh, uh, lawyer and CPA to both work together to figure this out. And, um, of course, the the new buyer is going to you know, really try to you know cut it down, but you got to understand the value of the business and what you're willing to give it up for and how bad you want out and what kind of money do you need. And the other question is, you come to terms, will you get paid at the end? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I've heard a lot of horror stories that people will take over a business and run it in the ground and hand it back to the owner. Right. So, you know, there's always that problem or concern for his, uh, when you step out of a business. That's yeah. the least thing anybody <laughs> would want.
2: Uh, Jackie, growing up, what were your impressions of your father's occupation?
5: I had no clue what he did when I was young. I could not figure it out. All I knew was all this equipment was around and these trucks, and he was dirty and couldn't figure it out. He'd take me to jobs with him sometimes at, you know, 10, 12, and he'd be holding up this thing, which I now know is a hygrometer, and um, he's walking through these huge buildings, taking these readings. And when I was young, I really didn't know um, what it was all about as I got older. um, It came clear what we did. And, uh, you know, we, we dry buildings, we suck sewage, and we clean mold. You know, it's not that glamorous. I think that's one of the reasons why initially I wasn't very interested.
2: What events or circumstances sparked or prompted your desire to take over the family business?
5: Um, just like I mentioned before, working hard for other people, Um Really working your butt off and putting a hundred and ten percent in for someone else. That's that's what really rang true to me and uh it, it finally hit me what a great opportunity I had sitting there on a silver platter and all I had to do was reach out and take it. So it was great.
2: Okay. What were your skills and experience prior to your decision to take over the family business?
5: Um, other than a good work ethic and basic knowledge, not much. Um, That, I think, was not a good thing. However, um, I've gained all of my business knowledge through the business. Uh, So it's turned out great. And, of course, the education keeps going. So it's it's day to day.
0: You know, um, your company's been doing this, or your dad's company's been doing this for 36 years. Now it's going to be your company. Do you think that this is a business that, Offers a long-term opportunity for an, another 36 years, or perhaps the next generation to even take that over.
5: Definitely, definitely. Um, the way this company runs, the way it's run over the last 35 years, um, it's incredible. Uh, you can't, you can't, you can kill a company, but uh, with what we're doing here, I don't, I don't see it going away at all. I would love to give my children the opportunity to. Take part in
2: this. Uh, business is competitive. Have you always been competitive?
5: I have. <laughs> I have in school and sports. Um, I've always been very competitive with my sister. I've always been more of a tomboy, a little rough and and uh, stronger and great at sports. So I, I think it's it's played a good role in um, in me working in the business.
0: Okay. Well, I think what's going to happen is we're going to go to halftime now. We've got a couple of announcements uh, that we'd like to make, and if if Jackie, if you and your father would be kind enough to to kind of uh, stay on the line, uh, let's go to Dieter and see if uh, he has any comments for us. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I listen carefully.
4: I run my own business, and I know the problem. <laughs> uh with making payments and stuff like that obviously i'm not an expert in 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 drying and, and and water remediation and all of that i know a little bit about molds i know a little bit about you know industrial hygiene occupational health uh vocs volatile organic compounds i'm not going to get caught on the um, um um acronym uh um police there yeah So, but uh, no, I mean, well, I think you said it perfectly. Uh, Yeah, if you start something, you got to work hard and you got to be ready to say, hey, you know, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We are not done. And you work Saturday and Sunday. I've done it many, many times. And uh, I have no complaints. You know, and then I took off on Monday. Who cares? But uh, yeah, the job got to be done. You got to do it diligently, and I think that was mentioned. And I don't think it makes a difference whether yeah, what kind of a business it is. If yeah, you take care of your customers, the customers take care of you. I think that's a beauty. I will use that one uh, somewhere along the line in 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 my professional life. That's right. And I, you know, I, I met every deadline. I was there. I did it. And I said, Dieter. Somebody calls me on Friday and said I need something on Monday morning, and I said, "Okay, then I have to work Saturday and Sunday. I don't care," and I did it, and I'm I'm not complaining. But uh, I think successful businesses—that's uh, that's the bottom line of a successful business. You gotta work, and once in a while you go on a vacation. I do that too. <laughs> okay.
3: so. uh, you know, can I interrupt here? Sure. Sure. Uh, I think a lot of people in business make a mistake of doing their own business or being in a business and just for the money only. I think if you take care of the customer, the money follows. And I think it kind of proved out for me it takes longer, uh, maybe a little harder, but uh, I think in the long run you've got a, a good foundation for a business and a good uh, customer base to work from if you take care of the customer.
5: And residual business, so Those clients will always come back.
4: And yeah I agree with you there and I, I i think this is this is what we are missing in, in in many places in this country uh yeah call it customer service or something like that and it doesn't matter whether it's whether it's a grocery store or a gasoline station a restaurant or so we 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 want we want i want service when i pay for it exactly and um and my customers want service when they pay me and i provide it i am yeah, said oh man i never told anybody I said oh terrible terrible I'll have to, the whole weekend is shot you know i have to work i said no i have it for you by monday morning period right yeah, whether whether i liked it or not whether i had to uh, tell a date i said hey look babe we can't make it tonight yeah, or i will i have to get up early in the morning i got to do some work over here I never, ever, ever had a problem with it, and I see so many young people, and this is now very general, and I said, hey, I don't want to work overtime and uh, evening shift. And in fact, one of my good, good customers, and I don't want to mention the name. It doesn't matter. They don't know it in California anyway, but it doesn't matter. One of my very, very good customers called me, and I am you know, i will be 70 years old in two weeks, or exactly two weeks, and... Um, They asked me, said, Dita, 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 we need you, we need you, we need you. Can you work in one of our uh, stores like three nights in a row? And it's outside of Pittsburgh, so I have to bring the underwear and the socks and all of that. (laughs) And they said, we start at 11 o'clock in the evening, and uh, we got to be out of there by 7 o'clock in the morning. Guess what I said? Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I can sleep during the day. I turn my telephone off, I go to sleep, I'm ready at 11 o'clock. In fact, I will, be I will be there at 10.30. I'm not going to be there at 11. I will be there at 10.30. And that has been very successful for what I have been doing.
3: Well, you build a lot of trust between your customers by being that way. Yeah, absolutely. When a customer can trust you when they call you and depend on you in, a, in an emergency situation, it really means a lot to, to them and, and in, in the future. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes I'm not the cheapest guy in town, but sometimes customers leave, but they always come back, seems like. Because of the
4: service and all your work. Well, I said it once on this show before. I learned a very good line. You can use it. I learned that from my father, who was a very wealthy man. And he said, peter I'm not rich enough that I can afford to buy something that is cheap. Think about it. Right. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, well, it's, we, we have the saying over you, you, you get what you pay for and all of that. True. But I said, if you buy something that is cheap, you don't expect it to perform.
3: That's it. That's the and, bottom word right there. And word. then all
4: of a sudden, yeah, I, I go to a couple of places. They are a little bit more expensive. It doesn't matter what it is. I get the service. I get the service. I'm happy. And I said, I pay for it. If I would have paid the same amount of money for something where I got lousy service, I I'm not going to go back. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Joe, I mean? think another issue, when you have problems on a job, uh, Most uh, I see a lot today even that uh, people won't stand good for their service or uh, product. Yeah. And my first thing is, was it take to make you happy? What can I do to correct the problem? Uh, maybe it we wasn't perfect or somebody did make a mistake, but let's stand good for it and move on. And uh, it's, that's paid for me uh, very well also to take care of the customer again. And you've got to be honest enough and fair enough to admit that, you know, something went wrong and
4: uh, stand up and correct it. Oh, absolutely. And that has happened to me. Uh, I lost, uh, it was certainly no doubt in my mind, uh, or everybody else's mind, it was my fault. I sent something through the mail. And I put the wrong ad, but the damn computer did that, that. I should have handwritten it, and I would, have, everything would have been all right. <laughs> I lost, I lost twelve samples for lead, lead in air. Twelve samples had nothing to do with The United States Postal uh, Service didn't do anything wrong. And that happened two years ago. I never got the package ba- back. And I, <laughs> if somebody stole it, they would have been surprised what they stole. <laughs> They had no idea what it was. But there, I got screwed. There's no other word for it. I called my client. I said, look, fellows, the, the, the samples I lost. And what did I do? I was there the next day at 6 o'clock in the morning, worked all day long again. With, you know, and um, did I charge him for that? No. It was my fault. I took care of it. I made the apologies. And I said, guys, it will take a couple of days longer. They didn't really care. But that's how you take care of the business. It's it's as simple as that.
3: Now, even Jackie says, you know, if people don't get it, it's, it's just take care of the customer. It's pretty simple. It's yep. very
6: simple. Yeah.
0: Joe, so, anything yeah. you'd like to add?
6: Well, I'd like to keep that conversation going, but let me take just a second here to, uh, I do want to make one announcement for uh, our friends at NADCA. Their 20th annual meeting and exposition is coming up uh, March 9th. Through the 12th, 2009, in Orlando, Florida.
4: And what was NETCA?
6: That's the National <laughs> Air Duck Cleaners Association. You got me, Dieter. Thank you. I know that. <laughs> Very good. With the acronym police must have been at the donut shop. They were sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, they got me. The National Air Duck Cleaners have their annual conference. It's their 20th, by the way. No kidding. Uh, yep, March 9th, wow. twelve. A lot of people don't realize they've been around that long. I didn't, and, I didn't know that. I thought it was, yeah, six, seven years. Yep, 20 years. And, by the way, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Carlos Gonzalez, is going to be teaching a Spanish uh, air, systems cleaning, uh, air systems cleaning specialist ASCS course at this year's conference.
4: Clear. All right.
0: Okay. Thanks, Joe. Um, I've got one announcement as well. Uh, Think of old, 64 years old. uh, ASCR, now known as the Restoration Industry Association, will be holding uh, their convention in Palm Springs, California on March 10th through 14th. Uh, Let's have a word from the sponsors there, Chris. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years. Learn about them at legends-enviro.com. Microband
1: Systems, the microbial management company at microbandsystems.com.
0: Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IAQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information available at ieconnections.com. DryEase Products,
1: providing equipment for drying water-damaged homes and buildings. DryEase is first in drying solutions at DRI-EAZ.com.
0: John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop at JONDON.com. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of I.E.Q. Radio when you inquire about their products and services. Okay, now back to our interview. Uh, Jackie, I've got a two-part question for you. Uh, when you decided to move back into the business, was there an instruction manual, and was the business running smoothly and growing steadily uh, when you took over the steering wheel?
5: I am still looking for that manual. I've searched everywhere. I cannot find it. <laughs> uh, no, there, there wasn't um, an instruction manual that came with the business, and in fact, when I got involved, the company was not in good shape. Um, through the different transactions that Butch mentioned earlier. Um, It puts, like everyone knows, it puts the company through a lot. Uh, So when when I got involved, sales were down. Uh, The situation with the gentleman who was supposed to take over, uh, there was a breach of contract and uh, there was some damage caused by him in terms of bad customer service, uh, not following through, and not doing jobs correctly. Uh, so when I got involved, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a mess, but it, it, it was very difficult. There was a lot to fix. There's a lot to do. Uh, I think I'm very fortunate that I had to work my way up from the bottom and really rebuild this company with uh, my parents' help on the outside. Uh, I feel that if I came in and everything was running great and smooth and systems were perfect, um, I'd still be sitting up in an office not really knowing what was going on.
0: You know, did the staff warmly receive you uh, when you went to work full-time at Ideal?
5: Um, of course not. Um, you know, you've always got the, the thing, oh, that's the spy. They're going to, you know, go tell the owners what's going on, whatnot. It wasn't it, it, it was it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. It was one of those situations where I had to be very low-key and get in there and just do the work, and I would do one position, and I actually had to replace a few people inside. I had to build my own team, my own people, and that took a lot of time, going through the positions, getting it down, um, setting up the systems, and then replacing myself. And then I would move to the next position and then replace myself. It was a great learning experience, though. Wonderful. I know the ins and outs of every part of this business, period. What is
6: Jackie, well, this is Joe. Um, I got a quick question for you on the advertising. Issue. I, I saw a presentation that I believe you were part of at RIA. I saw the PowerPoints. And my uh, question is, what's the most effective form of advertising today for your company?
5: Aside from getting out there and seeing your clients face-to-face, I think is the best. Pounding the pavement is the hardest thing to do. Uh, you got to get out there and see everybody. You've got to get your name out there and make contact with these clients, especially Especially in San Francisco you've got commercial clients that are inside they're hidden in these buildings and you literally have to go on a hunt to find out where they are and how how to find them. Um, Other than, than visiting and seeing our clients, the other effective source of business for us is the internet. And I think it's got a lot to do with our metropolitan area here in San Francisco. We've got Silicon Valley here. Everyone's on their iPhones. We've got Apple here. Everyone's always on the Internet, so that's proven to be a great source of work for us as well.
6: Check. I noticed your site is gorgeous. I mean, it's a nice site. Have you rebuilt the site recently, or has it been that way for many years?
5: No, that's that's recent. Uh, the, the site has been changed within probably the past year or so. There's always constant updates that what we're doing, and uh, we're in the process of uh, changing it again. There's so much you've got to do to keep up with Google and uh, to keep yourself up on top. You've got to continually work on your site. When I got in, involved initially with Ideal, I think we had a one-page site. It was, it was horrible, <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs>
6: and do you advertise through Google Ads or do you use some other form? How do you keep your name at the top of the list or what, some, what type of tips can you give co- um, listeners? keeping your name at the top of the list? You know, there's millions of people on the list here on the Internet. How do you keep your name in front of potential clients?
5: Um, It's a combination between a pay-per-click campaign where you pay other companies to put you on top. Um, The second part of it is search optimization campaign, which is internally working on your own site to put things in it that is going to make your site attractive to Google. Um it's, it's a good for us, in fact, it's a good part-time person doing it full all the time to keep that keep us up in, in the rankings on Google.
0: You know knowing a lot of, knowing a lot about your business, there's one point that I, I just wanted to help clarify for for listeners is that um, when you're talking about seeing your clients, Uh, You're actually visiting these people before disasters happen on a routine basis, correct?
5: That's correct, exactly. Um, Now, these are our commercial clients in in San Francisco. We routinely see them, and um, as we're walking out, we've got the competitors sometimes walking in. So it's a continuous process. You want to stay consistent with them. You don't want to show up one day and not show up again for a year. Uh, You want to be consistent with them and show up every month if you can at the same time and show them that you're consistent. If our marketing people are consistent, then it starts to get them idea of, well, hey, maybe Ideal's consistent and their field people are consistent. I want to try them out.
6: Who's the key contact in these companies, Jackie? Who do you go to? I mean, do you go to the, the facilities guy do you try and get in with the vice president do you get in with uh, I'm, I'm not sure who the contact is in the water damage business
5: it's a huge range and it depends on what kind of a building you're walking into um, sometimes you may want to find out who the property management company is other times you want to find out who the chief engineer is um, sometimes we start at the maintenance staff and uh, that works as well too um, if you can find, uh, if you can't find your big contact on top that you're looking for, the big decision maker, uh, starting at the bottom works great as well.
0: Um.
6: What about do you go to? Um, I'm sorry, I, I I just love this subject. And now what about receptionists? Do you do you focus on them as at all? Well,
5: smaller companies, we've got a um, uh, a system where where we walk in. The My big thing is never ever walk past the receptionist because most of the time um, the guy in charge is going to ask the receptionist to find a company to take care of this problem. So most of the time the receptionists are the ones who are doing the research and making the phone calls. We've got to make sure that we make a good relationship with the receptionist as well as the main person in charge.
6: And then they talk to each other, so you may get a referral even though it's not them. Great. Exactly. Thanks.
5: It's very easy to upset a receptionist by ignoring her. She's in charge. She runs usually most of it. And uh, if you ignore her or him, it's, it's very possible that they're going to take offense to it and not call you at all.
0: Jackie, uh, I, I, your father, Joe, and I have somewhat of similarity in age, probably five years, I, I suspect, between us. And I guess we're known, according to books and the Internet, as Generation X. Uh, You're our... children, so you're known as Generation Y, and, you know, one of the terms for people of your age is trophy kids, and, you know, that, you know, you talked about being competitive in in, in sports, but, you know, when you were growing up, probably a lot of the sports that you were involved in, everyone got a thanks for participating trophy, there were no losers, uh, you know, in races, and so on and so forth. As an employee, or as, I'm sorry, as an employer, are you finding, that you have trophy generation employees who you know come to you with too great of an expectation in the workplace and expect you to shape their job to you know to fit the company rather than for them to shape their lives to fit their workplace
5: that's exactly what I see Um, going back to the trophy kids scenario uh, growing up in school you're right it was all about group participation it's about coming together put your heads together let's let's figure this out let's get an idea going and we're all going to be responsible for it uh, it's a lot of group emphasis uh, whereas when mom and dad came into the business it was more of hey you know you're gonna do it my way or you know take a hike and go find another job I'm gonna replace you um, to today it's um, I feel a lot of the time the employees it's a lot about me 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 the employee feels hey you need me I don't need you Um, and there's a lot of options for the employees to jump around from company to company and and leave. Um, However, times are changing, and um, I'm feeling that we're going a lot back to the way that Generation X was when people were just happy to have a job and wanted to work their butt off for the employer to do their job.
0: Mm -hmm. The economic situation is probably going to change that a little bit
5: yes and I'm, I'm looking forward to it
0: what, what sort of advice did your father give you in regards to putting together a team or a coach or an advisor for helping you with the transition
5: uh, we spoke early on uh, because of my limited amount of knowledge of business especially the accounting side uh, I, I picked up the operations very easy uh, but, but the learning side for me was mostly on the accounting side and business management and people management in general. We recognized the weak area um, a long time ago, and we've hired a consultant that works for me. And uh, he comes in, and uh, he's taught me everything I need to know about running a restoration company. He had a company himself, which he purchased from his father, and he's now retired. So it's proven to be great. I've got a great attorney and a great CPA is coaching me, helping me along. It's wonderful. They know I'm the next thing. And so they want to do everything in their power to make sure that I'm educated and trained and uh, I know exactly what's going on.
0: Butch, uh, in terms of the current board of directors for the business, is it just family members or do you also have... Uh, rely on outside people such as, you know, bankers or attorneys or accountants on your board of directors?
3: Uh, It's it's strictly family. Uh, I'm CEO. uh, My wife, Michelle, is CFO, and Jackie is is vice president. Mm -hmm. And it's just the three of us on the board.
0: Okay, good. And
3: and we need outside advice, and, of course, we get it, but uh, I think we've been there and done most of it, so... It
0: works out well? I guess this question is pretty personal that I, I'm going to ask you, Butch. Uh, it's something I did to deal with myself. And again, uh, a lot of the people that Jackie has dealt with that, that have businesses are going to need to deal with it. Joe's going to need to deal with it as well. Uh, you know, when there's a family business and we end up doing estate planning, we really can't treat all of our children equally, particularly when one may want to come into the business and and one doesn't, but we can treat them fairly and equitably. How do you or did you uh, treat your other daughter who decided to uh, move away from the business in regards to estate planning and that sort of thing?
3: Well, first first of all, what she wants to do is in her life, if we uh, give anything to Jacqueline, then we make it equal or the same to the other one. For gotcha. uh, a house or a car or anything else that has you know, happened, uh, we try to keep that fair, but uh, Jackie's got the business. Uh, she's earned that. She's worked for it. And, uh, for the, uh, the other daughter, Nicole, uh, she's working outside of the business and, and doing her thing, and I'm happy for her, and she's doing a great job. But until uh, until I'm here, it's you know, I'm going to spend all everything I get before they get it.
0: Right, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and, That's and, the <laughs> spirit, but <laughs> and uh, actually, uh, my
3: saying is that uh, you know, and uh, they got a chance to make it too. So, but I'm sure that you know they'd be taken care of, and, and Jackie's doing a good job in the business. And uh, but you know, we try to you know, an entry question. We we try to keep it even uh, for whatever we do, money wise or anything else.
0: Right. And I think there are a number of different ways to do that. It can be done with, you know, life insurance and, uh, you know, a number of different ways. That's one of the approaches uh, that my wife uh, and I took. Uh, well, Butch, can you give our you – know, li- uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. we
3: got set up, you know, ABC Trust, and, you know, when it goes from if I die first, then it goes to Michelle, my wife, then into the kids, and it's split up from there. And then they we're going to have an executor to oversee this. And uh, it, it'd be equal from there, basically.
0: You know, one word of advice for listeners who are dealing with it. You know, you have the ability to gift each of your children uh, a certain amount of money uh, per year. And it's a good idea to start doing that as soon as possible.
3: Well, yeah, we're going to use that in Jacqueline's deal uh, be a part of it. I think it went up this year or last year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's going to all be happening and included in part of the transition.
0: Well, Butch, can you provide, if you were to give one tip for a parent who was thinking about transitioning a business to one or more of their children, what would it be?
3: Uh, the, you know, like I did with Jacqueline, uh, they got to want it. And I've heard enough stories over the years before I got there, I guess, that uh, a lot of parents will push to the kids into a business thinking they should take it over. And actually the, you know, the, the kid or, you know, don't want it or they do it because they feel pressured. And if they want it, they, you know, they, they got to show you that they they're willing to step up and uh, pay their dues and, and take over the business and, and definitely show an interest. Otherwise you are kind of wasting your time. And, uh, usually employees, uh, don't respect the new owner. And, uh, based on circumstances, so they got to earn their respect uh, to take over the business. So it's, it's a hard uh, hard subject to, to deal with, but the uh, bottom line is the uh, siblings got to come in and show an interest. If they don't, I think you're wasting your time.
2: Jacqueline, can you provide one tip for a family member taking over the family business? I
5: think um, the most important is uh, educate yourself. I think the best way to do that is through the business. You can tailor your education to make it specific to the company and the business that you're in. And uh, second most important is just build your own team. Uh, I still have people here, of course, that worked under my parents. uh, But for the most part, I I had to go in and build my own team. When you bring in people and they know you as the the boss and they don't know your parents, um, they're now working for you and they're believing in you and they trust you. So I think uh, education and building your own team as soon as possible is the best best thing you can do.
0: What we're going to do now is we're going to stop for a commercial message, then we're going to go into our roundup. So if everybody can uh, please hang on the line, we appreciate that. We'll be back in a minute. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years. Learn about them at legends-enviro.com. Microband
1: Systems, the microbial management company at microbandsystems.com.
0: Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IAQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information available at ieconnections.com.
1: Dry-Ease Products, providing equipment for drying water-damaged homes and buildings. Dry-Ease is first in drying solutions at DRI-EAZ.com.
0: John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop at J-O-N-D-O-N.com. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of I E Q Radio when you inquire about their products and services.
1: Move them on, hit them up, hit them up, move them on, move them on, hit them up, raw, high. them
0: Okay, we're going to go first to co-host Radio Joe Hughes.
6: I, you want to meet first, Cliff? Yep. Okay, great. I was. Uh, I heard that you are unmuted. I also just noticed that uh, one of our our first sponsor. I'd like to say, i.e. Connections, well, along with uh, Microband, of course, uh, your old company there, Cliff, right. Just uh, added a February edition of IE Connections is now online, by the way, at ieconnections.com. So those of you that uh, don't get the paper edition and those of you that are trying to save the environment by not going with the paper edition can go to ieconnections.com and get their February edition. It's got some great information in it. I just uh, took a look at it myself. I got a final question for Butch. Butch, over the last 35 years, um, you've, been, you've seen all the different fads come and go and all the new gadgets and so on and so forth. What have been the changes in the drying and water damage restoration business that you felt made the biggest impact and were some of the best improvements over those 30 years?
3: Wow. Uh, better equipment, more efficient. Uh, instruments uh, like, you know, meters to check walls, air, etc. cetera. Uh, more technical. It's more of a science now instead of a guessing game. And I think it's still growing. Uh, I mean, that's long and short. Really, I think the equipment's got better. The technology's got better. Schools are better. The science of it's uh, 100% better. Uh, it's come from... From the old days to you know the 20th century so yeah it's, it's come a long ways do you uh, do you use thermal imaging in your camera and your uh in your business yeah we got two three of them right jackie yes
5: we do three
6: of them i assume that's one of the new technologies you thought has been helpful
5: oh yeah oh it's on, um, dad i don't know how you did it on commercial jobs without an infrared <laughs> <laughs> <You> <laughs> i know, wonder too I'm those gonna, were the old days huh <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm going to tell you one, one comment, really. I, I, I kind of need to, uh, to to jump in just for a minute. As far as our listeners go, I've known uh, Butch and the family for probably over, over a quarter of a century. And one of the things that people don't know about Butch is, first of all, he's a very quiet and humble person. And he's kind of like E.F. Hutton. It was kind of hard to... Uh, you know, to kind of bring him in. And, you know, when Butch speaks, you know, people listen. But, I mean, you know, when I talked about thermal imaging cameras, I guarantee you he was the first drawing guy in that market that used one. I mean, here's a guy that's always been a big risk taker and a big early technology adopter who always believed that bigger and more powerful uh, equipment was always better, and I guess uh, Jackie growing up with them was kind of like growing up with Tool Time Tim, where everything was bigger and kind of had more power. But this is kind of the way that uh, Butch ran that business, and really why they're quite a legend in that part of the country and you know within the industry uh, you know on a national basis. Uh, Butch, my, my question is you know, I, I guess I would call these things but, Butchisms. And I once heard a butchism that you called educated idiot. And, uh, can you tell our listeners what that it means?
3: Uh, yeah, uh, over the years, you know, so I guess lack of my education, uh, I always look for a good key guy that had a good education. Seems like what I found out is I get a highly educated person that I thought was just a God gift to the world, but most of the time, Common sense.
0: Right.
3: And uh, water damage in in our business, you got to have common sense. So I ended up calling him an educated idiot because he couldn't make decisions unless it was in a book. Right. So <laughs> that's where that came from.
0: Okay. Uh, Dieter. Dieter? Yep. Yeah.
4: Yes. Uh, there was just, uh, hang on, I have to hang this one up and we go over there. Yeah. Uh, there was just another phone call. Uh, I mean, these 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 computer-generated phone calls. I I, I love them. <laughs> anyway, uh, am I uh, on, on 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 the air? The world's listening. man. The world is listening. We got a. Li- yeah, I'm the technical director. We got a little bit away from the technical stuff, and I'm pretty good at that. But uh, I have learned through the years, and that's why I have gray hair and wrinkles and all of that. I think we talked about a couple of other quite important issues that has something to do with living in this world perhaps making uh, the world a little bit better and maybe we all have to work a little bit harder to get out of the situation in which we are in right now which is a terrible terrible situation and it's not going to get better it's going to get worse nobody knows that yet but I think I predicted but I think that's a good idea to to think about this and say, hey, you know, I have a customer. i got to take care of him. I want to get paid. Uh, he wants to have a job done the way, you know, he wants it. And that is part of my job to do that. And um, I like this. This is my philosophy. That's how I was successful my whole life. I made a couple of mistakes. Who didn't? But uh, I think that is the right direction we have to take. we got to take pride in our work. we we, we got to be proud of it. We, at, you, when you have a job done, you don't walk away from it. You look back and say, this is what I did today. said, damn, I'm proud of that, that I did it right. And then you jump in your car and drive home. Uh, so I, I, I think we are missing part of this over here. And I'm glad to hear that it was reinforced today. If you work your butt off, you're doing all right. (laughs) Let's keep it at that.
2: Okay. Uh, (laughs) I,
0: I guess before we finish up today, uh, what we like to do is we always go back to our guests, and this is uh, Butch and Jackie. Uh, is there anything that we forgot to ask you? Is there something that you'd like to add? And the one thing I'd like you to do, Jackie, is give the website so that people that want to learn more about Ideal Restoration and the services that you can provide uh, can get in touch with you. Wonderful.
5: Okay. Very good. Um, in terms of uh, something to add bottom line, I think, is, is uh, for any family, family business, uh, it's very difficult to work with family. And uh, when you take the emotion out of it and you treat, you know, 8 to 5, whatever your work hours are, you start to treat the family as um, they're not your, 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 your family. I'm reporting to the president. So I'm not talking to dad. Um, you've got to you've got to draw the line. You've got to know when to turn it on and off so that you can still have a good, healthy family, but still be very successful in in, in work. That's a good very point. important. Mm-hmm. Our website is www.idealone and that's just the number one. dot com. That's idealone.com.
0: Butch, anything you'd like to add or anything we forgot to ask?
3: I think you covered everything. Uh, I'm trying to think, and uh, I
0: think you did a good job. Well, that's what we're here for. All right, well, before we sign off, I'd like to thank my co-host, Radio Joe Hughes, the wingman, Chris Boizel, our guest host, Environmental Annie Koalecki, and our technical director, Dr. Dieter Weil, but most importantly, you, our growing group of loyal listeners. Please come back and join us next Friday at noon for the next broadcast of IAQ Radio. Has been another IAQ radio production.